It is Tuesday, November 8th. Two championships were won and lost this weekend. Well, actually, NASCAR, there was three, including other sports, but we're not a NASCAR podcast. Dylan's on the road. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you? Dude, I'm doing good. It's a lot of shit happening in the world today, but we're, we're here to bring you good stuff. We're bringing fun stuff. Um, Crazy stat of the weekend. The first time in sports history, a city lost two major league sports championships in the same day. That is what Philly accomplished this weekend. Um, they lost the MLS championship. The Philadelphia Union played the LAFC. Uh, they went 3-3. They went in the full-blown extra time. 128th minute, Gareth Bale for LAFC tied the game with a header. Great cross from the wing. They went in the PKs, and Philly couldn't do anything. LAFC won. Uh, fans, there's a couple fans that ran on the field thinking it was like a college game sort of thing, and security kind of tackled them, and they were on the ground. That was pretty funny and entertaining. Um, but Philly lost that. Uh, as anyone is aware, Philly also played in the World Series, which the Astros won Game 6, and a uh, fantastic showing in Game 6, and uh, defeated the Phillies 4-2. For two games, that is. That wasn't the score. I think they shut him out, actually. Or no, they, it was 4-1 four, four, because Schwarber homered. Um, pretty interesting, pretty dominant performance by the Astros all around. Um, they had a, The bullpen had an ERA of less than one. It was .88, best in postseason history. Dusty Baker gets his first ring. Um but the favorite part is all the fan stuff that came because the Astros won. Because everybody's still mad at the Astros for cheating. Um, do you have a take on the Astros at all? Uh, well, here's the thing. My take is, and this goes to like the um, kind of kind of going goes in hand with the Patriots thing. You can call a team jeters, but if they and I'm, and I use caught in quotations, if they're caught and they still continue to dominate and win, then the cheating that you say that they did really obviously didn't do much in helping them be as good as they were. Yep, yo, know, I agree with you on that one. The team still dominated. They made six ALCSs since that year straight. Oh, uh, yeah, four World Series now out of the six. Uh, winning two of them, uh, losing two of them, like insane dominance, good players. Uh, they lost Carlos Correa, but meant nothing because Jeremy Pena won ALCS MVP, World Series MVP, first shortstop rookie in history to hit a home run in a, a World Series game, and Golden Glove winner. So they got the talent like deep in their system. Crazy cool. Um but here's something interesting. So I found on Facebook gave me a random uh I, I follow the Texans and the Rockets on Facebook. Um so I got a Houston Texans, Houston Rockets, everything page. But I think they like the Astros too, because it's a Houston page. Uh here's what the uh thing says. It says, then again, if the cheating really was that outrageous, if people are that offended, then why is everyone that leaves the Astros suddenly forgiven? Uh, Correa's the manager of Boston, who was on the you know bench coach. Uh, he's loved in Boston. AJ Hinch is now in Detroit. They like him. The Blue Jays like George Springer. 
the Twins took Carlos Correa, and then the Yankees got Marlon Gonzalez and then hired Beltran as a broadcaster. Everyone who left isn't hated. So is it just like the uniform that's hated because it was the act of the team? Or are people like you just because people aren't there anymore? Uh, that's a good question. I think it it just has to, I, I, it just has to be the uniform. It just has to be the team itself, not the people on the team. Yeah, because I mean, like Hinch was obviously a good manager. While he was there. So even when Detroit hired him, I was like, good for Detroit. And even Detroit people were like, yeah, this is good for us. Regardless yeah. of their involvement. Alex Cora won a World Series with Boston the year after. Um, you know, there's even that thought that Boston was cheating with the same thing because Cora was supposed to be a part of the whole thing. But he got a suspension, came back, and then they still did good when he came back. Um, it's definitely a really funny way of uh, looking at things. Here's the thing about cheating. Everyone is against it when it's not their team. But if your team um, won and they were found to be cheating, and again, I use that in quotations, yep. uh, you'd, you'd be like the first person to make, most people would be the first person to make excuses for why they should keep their championship. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's the same everywhere. And uh, oh, what did I think I say with this? I would really love like to see the Yankees get caught cheating. Just to see the fans' reactions from them. That would kill me. Or the Yankees get in trouble for something. But I mean, they, they get it. The only thing is, like, the Yankees can't win anything. So I'm happy in that regard. I think most people are. But it would just be funny <laughs> if, like, they did something that negatively affected them, other than sucking when they need to be good, like the playoffs. Um. So yeah, so like, what good performance by those guys? Cool weekend. Um, cool victory parade looked pretty good. I was watching videos of that. The celebration videos looked pretty cool. Uh, cool party. Fans, fans actually got to see it was the first World Series that was won in a home team park since 2013 when the Red Sox did it. I thought that was kind of cool. That's wow! Kind of, yeah, that was like I I had I was thinking back all the past years because I've pretty much watched every World Series since seventeen, sixteen because I did watch a, the last few Cubs World Series games, so I've watched all of those. And I was just like, wow, that is a uh, that's kind of nuts. Um, but that's not the only exciting stuff that happened this weekend. College football and NFL football was crazy. I know everybody's antsy about college football, but we're going to stop. We're not going to go into that yet. Uh, we're going NFL. NFL was absolutely bonkers this weekend. Um, great, great weekend for football in general. Yeah, you know? yeah. This lots is, of upsets, lots of, lots of craziness. Yeah, if you were watching football this weekend anywhere, you probably watched something cool happen. Because I feel like every game to certain fans probably enjoyed games more than others. Um, and particularly Packers fans did not enjoy it at all as they lost to the Lions, uh, giving the Lions the second victory of the season. Uh, but the Packers' sixth loss. They have lost five straight now. Crazy. Um, 
I think the big thing to talk about, though, Bears-Dolphins. Bears almost beat the Dolphins. Um, I'm going to say the Bears should have beat the Dolphins if the refs didn't call pass interference, or the uncalled pass interference on the final possession the Bears had, trying to move up the field. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, you know, they that that's definitely that that no call. The thing that gets me is the inconsistency. They call little petty things, and then egregious things that can literally change the course of the game at the end of the game when everything's on the line. They miss it. I, it's something's. We keep saying it, but something's got to be done about it. Did you watch the game? No, I actually I didn't watch the game because I was for sure the Bears were gonna get blown out. Oh yeah, so I was it like, was I'm not like even that. gonna, yeah, I'm not even gonna waste my time because I had other stuff to do, and and then you know obviously when I don't watch the game, just like when I don't go to the game, some fun stuff happens. Yeah, well, at one time it was like twenty-one to ten, I think, and I was like, oh yeah. Because I yeah. even like turn on some other ones, then I flash back and I saw him coming back, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try sticking to this a little bit." Um, well, the funny part is before that, in the Dolphins' possession, they uh, called the pass interference on the Bears. Uh, Eddie Eddie Jackson, yeah, he was yeah. covering uh, Jalen Waddle, and Waddle jumped for a pass, but he jumped way too early. And Eddie Jackson's watching the ball, but then runs in the waddle while he's in the air, knocking him down, and the refs called pass interference on it. And yeah, that that was another questionable. Less questionable, but still questionable. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you called that, and then you literally go a quarter and a half later, or a full quarter later, because that was in the fourth quarter. That that call was in the third quarter, I think, uh, or second quarter even. Uh, the Bears receiver gets grabbed, pulled down, and nothing gets called. Yeah. That is, that's probably what irritated me the most. I was like, you just called, like, there's your makeup call right there, because there was no other makeup exactly. call after exactly. that. Like, this is your makeup call, is a, is a pass interference thing. It wasn't even one of those ones where it was like, I, eh, I don't know. It was so egregious and so bad, I just don't understand how you don't throw that flag. Yeah, and, and the ref was the ref just happened to be right there, too. When you like watch the highlight, like he's not far from it at all. Like you did not witness that happening. The guy's arms around his waist, pulling him down. Like, okay. Um, Justin Fields though, great game, great pass for Aiden, most rushing yards for a Bears quarterback in a game ever. Um, was lot- it for a Bears quarterback? Could you only? Oh, uh, I think so. I don't think it was most quarterback. Okay. Um. But uh, I mean, a, a lot of people saying he's the guy now. After that game, I, I, I think it's. I think he's damn close. I think there's obviously still stuff to learn, but again, it's only a second season, so I'm not even gonna like judge him on that. But uh, do yeah. I say like do I say extend him? Yes. When the extension comes, give it to him. Because I don't think I think the talents there. They're just the team talents not there. Um, but Chase Claypool was there, obviously learning the offense. Um, 
they ran a bunch of screens with him in like the first quarter that I saw, and I was like, okay, those are short passes, but I really wanted to see him like maybe air it out to him a little bit more. But that'll come. That'll come. He's learning the offense still. Um, but damn, damn, I wish they could have won that game. That been so good for it would have been nice. Yeah. Um, I saw someone said that like this season is already a success because even if they they lose, the Bears are still like somewhat fun to watch. Yeah, 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 and I think I think that's fair. Um, I actually I'm going to open up ah, open up a standings window uh, right now. Let's bring up some plus minus real quick. Uh, they're only minus twenty nine points diff. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, they're a two game losing streak, but it's not bad. The entire NFC South is in negatives, so we're doing better like alone right there. Hell, in the AFC South, the Jaguars are third because they're the Colts beat them the second time. They're the only team in the positive at plus twenty one. So, I mean, you look at it, you compare, you know, you shouldn't compare things, you shouldn't compare people, you shouldn't compare things. But the Bears' product is not that bad right now. Um, it's not that bad, but you have the perfect opportunity to at least be better than the Packers right now. Yes, and you still keep finding ways to not. That's my one thing where I'm like, come on, you got it. You got to at least have a, with how bad they're doing, you guys got to, if nothing else, try to have a better record than the Packers. Yeah. Because that's what the fans are, are willing to accept at this point. You yeah, know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, and literally, if we, if we would have got this win, we would have been one win higher than them. Oh, uh, yeah. If we would have won that Washington game on Thursday Night Football, would have been one game higher than them as of right now. Like, that's the, that's the crummy part. It's like there's the like uh, this game was definitely harder fought than like the Washington game, but the Washington game is a game like we could have won. With yeah, how close it was! Like it has low scoring, close as it was. It's like man, we should have won that game, especially because the last play would have been a touchdown. Uh, if the receiver just was moved differently, or however you want to, you know, other play, whatever. But so many opportunities just lost. But man, yeah. But the the chase is on. Obviously, the Packers aren't getting any better, and maybe Chase Claypool learns the offense a little more. Maybe the Bears air it out a little bit more. Um, obviously, the defense isn't going to be as good. Um, so we got to score more points, which I think this game was the example of not having Robert Quinn and uh, Roquan on the field. You know, the defense was affected by that, but mm-hmm. the offense still put thirty two on. So. Just fell a little short. Yeah, right. um, yeah they did. I mean, it was a uh, from what I the, the highlights I saw, it was a good game to watch, and at least fun. So, it's it's things to look forward to for for next season, hopefully. Yep. Yep. If they can have the right pieces in the off season. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, that's just hope. That's like that's where the brain group is at right now. Like, possibly win games, beat the Packers. Or draft pick, or whatever the plan is, but just just good good stuff coming forward. Not just give money away because the guy looks good right now, like smart mm-hmm. moves. Um, something like smart moves. Kirk Cousins beat the Washington Commanders in a re- revenge game because anytime he plays the Commanders, now it's a revenge game, right? Um, they well, can you take revenge on a team that's not even the same name anymore? 
I feel like as long as you're the same owner, we, we know <laughs> that might change soon. Oh, it might. Actually, yeah. No, you, you make a good point. Like, I don't think anyone's, like, he probably doesn't know anybody left in that building besides, like, equipment. Not for, I mean, not even equipment managers. I don't know how how low the the sword goes when people start getting fired. I, I don't think equipment managers get fired. I think that's a different hiring group, but... um. The, the the Kirk Cousins in-game celebration swag that the team has been doing since, like, week one has been killing me. Uh, for those who don't know, Kirk Cousins was given a chain after one of the wins this season. Oh, one of the players gave him his, their chain, and he wore it. First time he's ever worn a chain. They made a video about it, and then they've just kind of been adding pieces. So this last weekend he had watches on. He had sunglasses and then like five or six chains. No shirt on, dancing, having a good time. On the plane. On the plane. Uh, <laughs> just like, just, you know, like, I mean, it's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is like your stereotypical, like, white suburban dad. And they have just been giving him the swag uh, to celebrate. And I think it's just good. It's good for the team. Like, I love it. Uh, his, like obviously, you would have hoped he had a better game because they should have beat the Commanders more. But the Commanders, we know, have played good football this year. But oh man, I love it. If he doesn't win MVP, he's got to yeah. win like swag VP or <laughs> or it's like most improved player, just based on like just winning games right now, according to where they finish for the season, like. Even if his numbers don't show it, like just it's just cool to see. That team is so fun right now. It's cool to see, and like, I, there's always been those Kirk Cousins haters out there, and I don't know why, because it's like he's always been a guy who's just always tried his best, and he's never been in like any sort of like um, controversies or anything. So it's good when you see like a guy like that do like have a really good season. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've always liked Kirk Cousins. He does make, like, some shitty decisions sometimes on the football field. Um, but his interceptions really aren't that high. So the problem is he makes, like, shitty decisions, but they just miss. They're just missed throws. Because last yeah. season, like, I think if we looked it up during our football episodes, he only had, like, a single-digit picks or something like that. Like, he had crazy good numbers. And it was like, well, what the hell? But then, like, when you watch a game he's like missing or he's forcing and it doesn't get picked or something like that. Um, but it just seems like they're in a, the team's in a better place. This new staff, this new coach, maybe he himself, uh, is just helping that, helping to make better decisions, helping him play better. Uh, they got TJ Hawkinson now from the lions. We mentioned last week. So another weapon, Justin Jefferson's obviously a huge plus Adam Thielen's still there, still doing his thing. And then Devon cooks, Delvin Cook still running. Devon Cook. Delvin Cook. So they got a team, and the defense is good still. Like, they fixed. Yeah. Like, they, they were good, then they kind of fell apart, and then they fixed it, and now they're, they're still good. Um, I To me, this team kind of reminds me in a little way of, like, the, um, the championship Ravens team when uh, – I think I think he's better than Flacco, but there was that season where you know, you know their yeah. defense was really good, and Joe Flacco was doing really well, and uh, they kind of remind me of that. You know, you know what you're calling if they remind you of that. 
Well, actually, who the hell? Super Bowl. Well, I was gonna say Super Bowl, but I was thinking like who they could have a shootout with in the NFC. But, uh, I guess what the Cowboys. I'm trying to think of who the best team. Who's the best scoring team in the NFC right now? Um, two twenty-five. Oh, the Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. Oh, Seahawks are two forty-one. They're slightly ahead of the Eagles. I'd almost say, dude, Phillies, Philly versus Vikings playoff game. Overtime, that'd be, just that'd be, a, that'd be a good game. Just like Joe Flacco versus Peyton Man in that season, that was even the semifinal. They played the Patriots to make it to the Super Bowl. That was the game before, and it was like they scored like ninety points that game combined. Went to overtime, just bombs being thrown by Peyton Man and, and Joe Flacco. Like that game was wild. Um, but no, I I, I see what you're saying. That's actually very like good similarity. Just thinking that team. You did have Joe Flacco. You had the good receivers. Anquan Bolden, Torrey Smith. Uh, Ray Rice was running back, who was good at the time, before the stuff. And then the defense, obviously. He, 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 was, he was hitting the gridiron and not uh, one. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Defense, Ed Reed. Uh, yeah, just a lot of good players on that team. Yeah. Um. Speaking of Ravens, real quick, they played last night. All right game against the Saints. I don't think the Saints are that good. So the Ravens should have dominated like they did. Uh, Lamar threw his 100 TD. But Justin Tucker, there's a video going on him in the plane. A couple weeks ago, they beat the Broncos. And he was like, they interviewed him, and he was like, yeah, uh, Ravens country, let's fly, or something like that. <laughs> and then the guy... Uh, Marlon Humphreys is who had the camera. He goes, hey, Justin, what are you going to give us this week? He goes, oh, you're trying to get me to say something. And he goes, uh, uh, something, smoke a pack, Saints pack. I should have looked it up before I said it. But Justin Tucker is a funny guy. Oh, and, uh, okay, they dropped the college ranking, so we can cover that Uh-oh, when it goes up. We get the college cool. football. Sweet. The playoff. Um, yeah, so, uh. Anywho, Ravens still doing good. Uh, Chiefs played the Titans. They went to overtime. Disappointment by the Titans not being the Chiefs. Quick, 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 Raven. Quick, quick, uh, quick. Isn't I think this still makes with uh, with that. Um, Lamar is like a perfect uh, on uh, like night games. I think. Yeah. Uh, like nine and zero or something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to think for a second. Because, yeah, I, I, maybe it's primetime games on Sundays. Because, maybe that's it. Because I want to say the Titans beat the Ravens in a night playoff game that one year, but it might have actually have been on a Saturday. Yeah. Or maybe they're just talking regular season. Or, yeah, I or the, it was one of those things. Yeah. But, but yeah, he's been pretty good at, on, like, the, in, like, the big, on, like, the big stages and stuff, at, so... Yeah, he still had problems. He had problems at the beginning of the game. Um, yeah. He was missing reads bad. He was missing open guys very badly. Uh, but then he eventually found his rhythm. Um, Andy Dalton was Andy Dalton. I, I, I don't want to get too it, but the whole thing with paying him, pay, pay the guy. I'm 28 years old. Yeah. Okay, I still watch. You're not, who are you going to get better at this point? Just pay the guy. That's That's my take on it. Sorry about that noise, people. If you heard that, my uh, laptop started playing a random video sound on ESPN's page. Um, 
yeah, I, I agree. Like, he's talented. It's there. Like, he's good enough where you can win games with it. Him. With him. Mm-hmm. With him. Like, and if he can get better, he gets better. If he doesn't, well, guess what? Like, you got a few years with him to see what happens. Here's my thing. Is is he better than Joe Flacco? Yes. So if you won a championship with Joe Flacco and you stuck with him for he was there at least a decade, wasn't he? Well, yeah, because they gave him the super extension after he won the Super Bowl. So then, there's no reason not to keep Lamar. No, there's not. I, so it's it 100 percent makes sense. You know, now I think you got to convince him that either you, well, here's the thing: give him the same amount of money, but make tell him a longer contract's better for him because he can play more years with the team. The team can obviously build mm-hmm. and go through changes, and he can still make a buku amount of dollars. It's not going to be in a short term but we can get better players on the team, pay more people, et cetera, and not give him the Aaron Rodgers contract and lose your best assets because you can't pay that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I think those... 100% agree with that. Yeah, because I think the Ravens, I think to make up for Lamar's lack of skills sometimes with his accuracy or not, you need the better receivers or running back, especially because they've gone through like 10 running backs the last two years. Mainly because of injuries, but that you know, they keep bringing different running backs, and that affects your game just like everything else. So, um, I think that's something that they could try doing with it. And he himself has to maybe not think he's going to get a hundred percent guaranteed money contract as well. They just got to mm-hmm. put the incentives in there to make up that difference. Um, Jets beat the Bills. Bills played good in the first half, horrible second half. Oh. Man, the the Jets are are something else this season. Yeah, it's it's a Robert Sala defense for sure. Um Zach Wilson, I think, is still the weakest link, but if he can cut his mistakes, you can you can win games. And that's what they're doing. Uh, when he has fewer mistakes. Obviously, he had a lot of mistakes against the Patriots the last week, and then uh, this week less, and then Jets' defense stepped up big and game-winning interception, even though Josh Allen should not have thrown the, threw the ball he threw. It was just a super bomb that just was underthrown a little bit and, you know, 50-50 ball. Do you think that game has more to do with the Jets winning or with the – Bills losing, like the best. Or the Jets playing well, or the Bills I think, poorly. I think the I think the Jets played well enough to make the Bills play poorly, because the Bills put fourteen in, in the first half. Like Josh Allen had two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So like that tells you right there you're not watching the quarterback enough when you know he can run. So I think the Jets defense stepped up in the second half. Their offense did as well, getting a touchdown and obviously another field goal and put the Bills in an uncomfortable position because the Bills, I think, like being ahead mm-hmm. in games. I think most football teams do, but I think they in particular don't like trying to play catch-up with their offense. Um, I think that is when Josh Allen makes mistakes, just like the Miami game earlier this season. Yeah. Because that's kind of what happened there. Um. But I, I, I'm not discounting the Jets by any means at this point. Like, keep fucking winning games. Like, I'm all for, like, teams coming back and winning. 
Um, I think their question is really just like Zach Wilson. Where do they go with quarterback if, uh, according to how the rest of the season goes, going into the future? Um, especially if he keeps banging moms. <laughs> uh, another fun one. Jaguars beat the Raiders. Battle of the Bottoms. Uh, 27-20. Uh, Raiders suck. Uh, Devontae Adams said they should be losing all these games. to Jeff Saturday, they do. Yeah. Uh, Adams was saying, like, we shouldn't be losing this many games, and they shouldn't. When you have a multi-million dollar receiver and a multi-million dollar quarterback and a running back who's about to make buku dollars because he's having a great season, why are you guys two and six? And all pro tight end. They got a lot of money on that field. <laughs> um, I think the O line's still one of the worst in the league, but Well, there you go. That's the reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, like which is just funny because like, Jacobs but... is still having a fantastic year. That dude's yeah. about to get paid. If he leaves, like fan good for him. <laughs> if he can get if he can sign elsewhere, like Good job, man. Mm-hmm. You're about to get paid. Uh, let's see here. Bengals whoop Panthers. Oh, Chargers Falcons. Did you see the highlight at the end of that game? I I did not. So, Falcons had the ball, or Chargers had the ball, driving. Uh, clock's running down, whatnot. Uh. Eckler, that's the running back, right? Eckler, yeah. Has the ball, running, fumbles. Falcons, D-line, man, picks it up, starts running. Uh, they're on their side of the 40. Mm-hmm. He gets about to, like, the 50. He's running. He just drops the ball because he doesn't carry a football. So just drops it. Doesn't get tackled and drops it. Just drops it. Chargers recover. Justin... Herbert does his thing. They gain some yardage. Field goal kicker comes on. Game winning field goal. But it easily could have went the other way. So instead of, which eventually leads to Tampa leading the NFC South now instead of the Falcons. Falcons would have been five and four. They're now four and five. Um, Crazy. Crazy little highlight. Kind of just one of those shocking things. Um, But it was a funny highlight because he just drops the football. But, like, man, you could have just ran with two hands, brother. Like, shit. Um, it's like, it's, that's like when they, uh, I, I haven't seen it done as much lately, but w- when the idiots used to drop the ball before they got to the end zone. Yeah. Uh, famous one, uh, Washington playoff game, I believe, first round. Deshaun Jackson gets hit yes. with a bomb from, uh, I believe, Kirk Cousins. That's and, the one that comes to mind. Yep, stretches his arm out, and the ball's in the right arm, and the before it goes across <laughs> the pylon, goes out of bounds, and then they end up with a field goal instead of a touchdown for the drive, I think. Or they punt. Oh, no, yeah, because he's down at the one, and they they don't score, I believe. I believe they have to kick a field goal when they the touchdown would have been so much better for them. A complete momentum killer. But, man, I'm glad that's the highlight that you thought of because that's always mine. Yeah. There's always the ones where they're running and they drop it, but that one kills me because, like, if the ball is just in the other hand, it would have been okay. 
And he stuck it. And it, well, actually, that's the funny part because it wasn't just dropped, and it becomes a touchback, which is usually the case because the defense recovers. Yeah, he he grabs it and just like shoves it out of bounds before it's a touchdown. Genius, genius. Um, speaking of the Bucks, game-winning drive. Tom Brady, final minute of the game, they get the ball back. Just starts hitting guys. Scotty Miller, two great catches. The play before that, though, when they had the ball, they went for it on fourth down minutes beforehand. Scotty Miller dropped a wide-open touchdown, but he made some good catches on the drive to try making up for it. And uh, game-winning touchdown to tight end uh, Auden. Really cool, beating the Rams. Rams go three and five, Bucks four and five. Um, Tom Brady went goat mode. Really cool. That to seems see. like his fifty-fifth uh, game-winning drive. That's crazy. And he hit the hundred thousand-yard mark too. I think. Or he Did already he? hit. Or he already hit that. Something like that. I thought happened. Um, but actually, the funniest thing too is. Funny stat. Uh, Patriots are five and four. They are at the uh, bottom of the division for the AFC East. The Bucks are four and five, and they're at the top of the NFC South. So, uh, like the joke memes going around is Belichick's five and four at the bottom. Tom Brady's four and five at the top. Well, we we all know who's who's who was the the mastermind of that relationship now. Yeah, right. just look at it. what a what a what a what luck for the Bucks though that like the rest of the NFC South like like obviously the Falcons could have been number one right now if they would have just not dropped the football. Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying they couldn't have not won that game. They could have won that game. They still could have lost the game, but it it matters. Um, the Saints aren't that good. And then the Panthers have done nothing. So it's like interesting that the Bucks and Tom Brady can be bad, but they still have a shot of winning the South as of right now. I feel now. like that's like just like a strategic thing for Tom Brady. And I feel like that had to have been one reason why he decided to come back. Oh, just because the division's going to suck? He, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, if I suck. Oh, he's, well, he, I think he looked at like the NFC East the last couple of years before this year when they're all good, and he's like, "Those teams made it, and they were nine and seven, and they made it." Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we be nine and seven and make it? It'd be hilarious if, like, if like uh, an eight and an eight and nine Tom Brady like Tampa Bay Bucks team makes it to the uh, playoffs. Yeah. Or it makes to that's us put an NFC Championship game on it, like because <laughs> because they could make the playoffs because if the whole division sucks, like we've seen yeah. it, so we, it's possible. But like to make it out of the like to advance, it'd just be one of those funny things. Like a losing a, a Tom Brady team with a losing record still makes it to the playoffs. Yeah, still makes. I, it I mean, I hope that happens. Because like, how do you talk shit on that? You can't. <laughs> you know, like. The whole division sucks, so it's not their fault. It's just like another like notch in like his belt. Yeah, because I don't think he's ever taken a losing team to the playoffs. Like I don't think the Patriots ever had like a record that low. No, they did. No, they never. The only 
the only season I think was the season when he was hurt. Yeah, and they were they still went ten and six. Yeah, I think so. Uh, crazy. Um, speaking of Patriots, they beat the Colts. Um, I turned this game on roughly somewhere in like the first quarter or so. See how things were going. The Patriots were average averaging point nine yards a play. The Colts were averaging point uh five yards a play. This I was dubbing this game the yard game because I really was hoping no team was gonna average like more than a yard a play. Cause they're both playing so bad. Um Pat's got nine sacks, but the Pats offense did wake up. And started doing some scoring along with some turnovers. And the Colts got their butts kicked 26-3. And Coach Frank Reich has been fired. Now, this seems like, okay, he got fired, whatever. We know the OC got fired a week or two ago. Everybody said that was a scapegoat. And maybe it was, but it didn't help any. But it could spe- I, I, I'm calling this conspiracy theory. Because they said uh, yesterday, Jeff Saturday, the Jeff Saturday, Colts legendary center, Jeff Saturday, played with Peyton Manning, played with Aaron Rodgers for one year, is head coach. He's been ESPN analyst. Interim head coach. Well, interim head coach. He's been ESPN analyst. He's coached high school football, but he's never coached NFL. Uh, he's not like Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel was a linebackers coach in Houston. Never coached college or NFL. First guy to be named either a true head coach or an interim head coach ever. Not coaching college or NFL. Yeah. Crazy. So, like, people are saying, like, oh, players can be good coaches. Most of these player coaches have been coaches, like, in other positions. Much like yeah. what I just said, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel was doing coaching before he came to Tennessee as a head coach. Um. So going right to the head coaching position is kind of crazy. It's a crazy test. Okay, but here's the kicker. I I think this is crazy because if we think about it in our heads, what happens when coach gets fired? Interim head coach comes in off the staff. Usually someone who's either had head coaching experience or the next guy up who's probably on a list to be a head coach or – uh whatever you want to say about that, right? Like be a head coach, be it interviewed for head coach positions, whatever he gets a shot at being a head coach. Um, because most of the coaches are going to get fired at the end of the year anyway, because only one or two guys really ever get kept mm-hmm. when a new head coach comes in. So that's pretty much what happens. But then this happens. They brought an outside guy in. So here's where my conspiracy theory comes in. There's two guys on the Colts coaching staff right now that have head coaching experience. One's the defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley. He was coach of the Jaguars in 13 to 16. Uh, And 33 years of coaching experience overall. That's pretty good. Well, guess who the senior defensive assistant is? is none other than two-time Super Bowl appearing, not winning, coach, John Fox. Yes. So, who coached three different regimes in the NFL, 
multiple years of great success with the Broncos, poor success with the Bears, but that's a lot of stuff to get into with those Bears teams. Um, why not just throw one of these guys into the head coaching spot? If not Fox, just because he's an assistant, put Gus Bradley in. Why hire an outside guy with zero coaching experience? I think this was set up this offseason. I really do. I think Frank Reich, regardless of how the season went, unless it ended in a Super Bowl, he was going to get fired. Um, the funny thing was I Googled, I was looking up Jeff Saturday's info because I was like, this dude, I know he's not on a coaching staff. I know he's not. And it said, it literally said like he has been a consultant for the coach since he's retired or the Colts since he retired. And then it said he visited camp this summer in 2022. Like that's literally what like the Wikipedia said or something. And I was like, what the hell? Like, why would you have this line in here? And then I was thinking like, well, I guess I know what him and uh, Ursay talked about. Ursay said, come on down to my office. And then they went into his office. Maybe the word, maybe the word coaching position got said. Maybe they had a conversation. He's like, Jeff, what would happen if, what would you do if you were head coach? Maybe. I think you're right because how does a guy who has no coaching experience in college or NFL come in to be a head coach? Like he would, he would have to have like a playbook, wouldn't he? Well, I mean, so how, how is he coming in without anything? And then he's just like made head coach. I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I agree with you that it, it, this had to have been set up prior for him to come in ready to do this. Yeah, within, there's no way they just called him a week ago and said, "Hey, man, if they lose, if they lose Saturday or Sunday, we want to make you head coach." Yeah, like within 48 hours, you named an outside guy head coach. What the hell? Um, I think the offense, uh, Park Frazier is going to be pass game specialist. Since quarterbacks is going to be calling the offense. Cause they don't have an OC cause he got fired. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, you make a great point there. Like obviously they're probably just going to use Frank Reich's playbook, I guess. Cause the team knows it and hope it, yeah. you know, even though he got fired for that reason, like, uh, maybe Saturday can coach the O line better and that will help the run game with Jonathan Taylor, which maybe can open up some throws with Ellinger, maybe some keeps with Ellinger. I don't know. I, it is crazy. Like you're like, especially that, like you're thinking very coaching perspective. He's like, yeah, does he does it? Does he have plays? Like this is high school playbook going to work. Maybe it will. Maybe it's so simple. It will work. But <laughs> I, cause obviously the Colts can't do anything complicated cause it's not working. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just can't sit here just thinking like this, this was happening behind closed doors. Like, well, this- yeah. And to go with what you were saying too, like, especially the John, John Fox thing, it's like he doesn't want John Fox to be the interim head coach because in the event that like they all of a sudden got better under John Fox, then there would be the pressure to keep him as coach for next season. Yeah. Since he has the coach experience and he doesn't and 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 the, the organization or Ursay or, or whoever doesn't want that. I mean, you imagine John Fox didn't coach for five years, comes back, coaches some defense assistant, gets head coaching gig, interim head coach, wins games, gets a whole nother head coaching job. 
next year. He's like, God damn it. Man, but yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too. Like, if one of these interim guys, but like, that just seems so crazy because unless, like, Jeff Saturday is like, hey, you guys can all stay. Like, if they, if he got hired as head coach, that is. Like, I mean, at this point, I feel like that's going to happen anyway. Like, I mean, I guess I guess it saves Ursay spending the money and time on him for a whole year. Like, if it doesn't work out, you're not losing anything. But, like, are you actually gaining anything doing this? I don't know. It's very, it's, it's, it's a strange happenstance that I've never, I don't think it ever has happened before. No, no. Cause that's what I'm saying. Like it's usually just the next guy up who's got experience or who's yeah. people say like, could be the next head coach somewhere and you let them do it and see what happens. And they usually don't get judged harshly on it because it's usually at the halfway point of the year or four games left, you know, um, even in the NBA, like, they usually don't get fired six games in like Steve Nash and a new head coach who was suspended from another team gets hired. <laughs> like this is this is kind of similar to that in a in a weird way, just that it's an outside guy who wasn't doing anything, but talking on ESPN. I think, I think it'd be funny as hell if like Jeff Saturday comes in and it's just like the team just starts like dominating people like dude, week one. Like, wouldn't that be something, dude? I it'd be cool. Like, I mean, if you one of those things, um. I would love to see fans' reactions. Like, if that happened, I would love to see league reactions. There's a lot of guys who had similar takes. Saying, I don't even know it's a bad thing. I'm just surprised by the whole thing. I'm always a give-it-a-shot kind of guy when it comes to this yeah. shit. You know, like, yeah, let's see what happens. You know, because there's only two ways it can go. You can win or lose. That's, mm-hmm. that's the beauty of sports, right? It's not like directing a movie where you're like, this is either going to be really, really bad, really good, or in between. It's just win or lose. So... There's no in between. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see. I think someone's commented like, "Well, this will win season ticket holders over because they probably like Jeff Saturday." One yeah. guy, one guy commented was like, "My signed Jeff Saturday jerseys are smiling right now." I was like, "Hell yeah, I like that guy." Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, well, fuck. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be man. I, I want to get to the end of the season already so we can just see what happens. Because I just, I, I feel like he's going to get the job. But I don't know. If not, I don't know who's going to get the head coaching job. So maybe we should apply at this point. Anyone might be able to get it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, he'll do that. Maybe he'll, um, he'll, they'll say head coach and then he'll hire like uh, Andrew Luck for like the OC or something. Well, so Reggie Wayne's on the staff. He was always like a consultant for the Colts, but he's actually Colts. God, why do I keep shorting that? Colts. Oh, as a consultant, but he was actually like a wide receivers coach this year. Someone was like, why not just make Reggie Wayne the coach? At least he's coaching already. Dude, what if they like legit, like next year, he just like hires like, like old, like Colts greats. And just like, that's just like the fucking coaching staff. Well, the funny thing is like, you imagine if he brought Peyton Manning in as OC, like he convinced Peyton Manning to come coach. That would be wild. That would be. I don't think it's not going to happen because he's making way too much money not coaching with ESPN right now. But and I don't think he wants to. But that would be funny. Um, but like Dallas Clark was at tight in you that summer camp that Greg Kettle puts on for the tight ends. 
he was there showing them drills and stuff. So he's still fit in shape and coaching. Easily be a tight ends coach. Um, I'm sure there's a former Colts running back somewhere that's running back coach. Coach. Um, maybe Marvin Harrison's not up to anything. Maybe the Colts lose. They draft Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State <laughs> in a in a year or two. Oh, you know, like just keep the bloodline going. Like it's crazy. I mean, that, that'd be cool. Instead of just like the Lions team, that's a bunch of former players who are coaches. You'd have a lot of former players from the same team who played together as coaches. I don't think that's ever been done. No. Um, Maybe the forties or something. Yeah. Yeah, when that's all there was, everybody was the players and the coaches. Um. You want to get over to uh, college? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking there was one more thing I was going to bring up that I thought of, but I don't remember, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, So games happened this weekend, and new rankings happened. Uh, Number one Tennessee got destroyed by Georgia. Uh, I wish I would have watched the soccer game over this football game because that would have been more exciting. There's more scoring in that. Well, there's plenty of scoring. It just wasn't Tennessee. Tennessee played like shit. And then uh, Ohio State had a close one with Northwestern, but they gained advantage down the end. Went in. Uh, TCU beat Texas Tech. That was a close game for a little bit, and then they took off. Um, And then LSU upset Alabama, final play of the game. Overtime, going for two points. Converted it to a freshman tight end who had a touchdown earlier in the game. Oh, really cool, really cool game to watch. Um, before we go into rankings, uh, one uh, shout out to Kansas for becoming bowl eligible for the first time in like forever. And the fans uh, took the field and they stole the GoPos. Uh, they took it to a pond that's on campus somewhere, I believe, and threw the GoPos in the pond. <laughs> but guess what? The Kansas uh, staff, uh, field management, got the goalposts back up, and they tweeted out, no GoFundMe needed, banging on Tennessee for saying they needed a GoFundMe to get the goalposts back up. That's just hilarious. Uh, fucking legends. Reminds me of the Wendy's Twitter. Um, also, a funny thing, there's a video of the Kansas uh, security team meeting. And the main security guy's like, hey, like, you know, we know it was a rough night. We lost the goalpost, but we expected that to happen. Shit happens. It got crazy. <laughs> like, I was dying. I was like, That's my favorite video right now on the internet. He's <laughs> just like, we lost the goalpost, but, you know, shit happens. <laughs> like, like, we tried. We, we knew it was going to get crazy. Oh, but shout out, shout out Kansas, uh, doing that. And then also like throwing the goal. I don't, I don't know what the deal is with throwing the goalposts in water. I'm like down for it, but I'm also like, I've, I've really wanted those to end up in like a fraternity or sorority yard or like at a McDonald's, like something really weird that's outside of like just 
throwing it in a river or pond. But I'm all that's for just it. At that yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was like, it, like it was funny. Tennessee did it, but then like I wish Kansas would have did something different. You know, like put it on top of the library or something. Yeah. Or put it in the basketball court if you could have broke yeah, into that. that. I don't, I don't know something, something crazy, something, something a lot more unique than like because that's a copy at that point. Um, but playoff rankings are out. And the committee did the right thing. It's Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, all the undefeated teams. They did the right thing. They did the right thing with the top four. I don't think Tennessee should be five. I, I do think hey, they should be lower. But but they did get the four right, so I will take that. Yeah, but, I mean, so technically... Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. What... Uh, the only thing I would change is I think Michigan should be two and Ohio State three. Yeah. After last week's performance, I could agree with that because the 40 though, point I, offense I, got I, shut down. Well, it's not even that. Okay. I, because like they played in Northwestern and it was windy and rainy as hell up here. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand, like, I'm not going to hold that score against them, but the difference that Michigan has just been destroying people in the point differential. I just don't think that can be overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should be too, because of that alone. No, I agree with you. It's like I said, with like TCU to go up the rankings, I was like, TCU led up another touchdown to Texas tech. They failed to convert a touchdown. They went for it on fourth down in their end zone. And then Texas tech drove down the field and scored, putting 24 points on instead of 17. And I was like, damn TCU, that's going to hurt. You can't let them do that. It it, it should though, because Texas Tech has always been that team that can be dangerous. Oh, they've yeah. always had a high scoring offense and they've always been they've always given like teams in the uh Big Twelve trouble, like, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, and they uh they were put in T C like it was a it was the first half you didn't know who was gonna walk out of this game. Yeah. Um so like instead of winning by like twenty points, they only won by like the teens or whatever. Which is fine. Like they still won, but like, mm-hmm. like you said, with this point scoring, like you gotta you gotta keep that diff up. Um, I'm glad I was. Technically, I'm kind of right because Tennessee did drop the five because I didn't think they yeah. would drop that low. Like I thought they would keep them in the four just because that's just what's always happened. Um, I am surprised by that. I thought they would actually leave TCU out for a week, but I am. Uh, happy to see Tennessee or TCU make it. Tennessee is five, um, but Oregon's at six, at eight and one. LSU's seven, at seven and two, and USC's eight and one at eight. And Clemson dropped all the way to ten, which is correct. That's they actually probably could even be lower after losing to an unranked Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame's now twentieth, which I think is fair. I'm surprised they're not tenth. Just knowing the committee, uh, but still many scenarios to go. Like Georgia, still has, oh god, Georgia's making it no matter what. Even if they lose the SEC championship, they probably should just to get a loss out of the way. If they do, I mean, if uh, I mean, 
if they lose the championship, then I think whoever beats them in the championship goes. I no, I think they would stay in with one loss. I think. If okay, um, I guess yeah, because Ohio State, and Michigan are going to have to play each other. Yeah, because so, one, yeah. one of those two would both have yeah yeah because we start playing, we got we got to chase the scenarios. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Ohio State and Michigan still have to play each other to end the in the season. So one will have a loss at the end of the season, and well, yeah, and one of them doesn't end up playing in the Big Ten championship. Yeah, which one of them will do, and then they will still have to win that game. So most likely against Illinois at this point. Yes, which is pretty. Which they're pretty good too. Seven yeah. and two. Yeah, twenty one. Um, and then TCU might be able to finish. They got to play a good Texas team this weekend, though. Uh, who upset Kansas State this weekend? So tough matchup for them. Uh, Ole Miss is playing Alabama. So Ole Miss, Alabama's still nine. So there's a two. Ole Miss is eleventh. Ole Miss might not gain a lot of ground if they beat Alabama, but they still have a chance to go nine and one um, if they win. So they might climb. LSU is a long shot with two losses. Um, unless somehow everybody up top just starts getting two losses. Uh, Oregon eight and one, a long shot, but if someone gets a loss and they look good, because they do look good right now, shout out Bo Nix. Playing fantastic football right now. Um, not being the sucky Auburn Bo Nix that we all knew. Like, really good play by him. Oregon has a shot. Man, if if Oregon wins the Pac-12, no, because Michigan and Ohio State got to play each other. I was going to say, if they win with one loss, Michigan and Ohio State get a loss. From their final season game. No, they're too high up. I think they would stay up there. I think they would stay up there. I'm looking at it, and I'm kind of like saying, because we were talking about LSU. If LSU wins out, they go to the championship, play against Georgia. You don't think they sneak in with two losses? If they beat Georgia? Comes down to what happens to everybody else. Because, like, that would be huge. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's never happened. Like, we're, we're in unprecedented waters right now. Because we're not even, we're not even, who does LSU actually have left? They have Arkansas, UAB, and A&M. So, those, and then, those should be easy wins for them. They, they, yeah. Like, UAB should be nothing. Arkansas is pretty good, but they should beat them. And A&M, they should beat as well. So... Like they have a huge, they oh man. Because because my thing is, if they beat Georgia, you can't put Georgia in and not put LSU in. Yeah. God damn it! Who does Georgia have left? Georgia's so good that they can't. Mississippi State, Kentucky, Georgia Tech. None of those teams are going to win those games. Georgia's too good. Like. So that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I guess, like, yeah. So, like, if we play that out to the SEC championship, 
LSU's 10 and 2. Man, yeah, if they beat Georgia, I think, yeah, it'd be a hard argument not to put them in. Especially because, well, actually, you know what? Michigan would take the big hit, I think. I actually, well, you're assuming Michigan loses against Ohio State. Yeah, that's me assuming that with their strength of schedule. I personally, I think, looking at it, I think Michigan will beat Ohio State. Um, but either way, I think I think LSU beating Georgia actually makes it the best for whoever ends up losing in that Ohio State-Michigan matchup, especially if it's a close game. Oh, cause because – Yeah, because – yeah. I see what you're saying because, like, let's take let's assume TCU wins out. Yeah, I think they're good enough that they win out. You know, Texas might give them trouble. We'll see. But taking t- TCU out of that scenario, yeah, Georgia loses to LSU mm. in the championship game. LSU has two losses. Georgia just lost. Yeah. Um. Let's say either Michigan or Ohio State win. One of them loses. Let's just say it's a close game. Even. Yeah. Well, the the, the other one who ends up winning is probably going to end up winning the Big Ten. And then the other one has one loss. Yeah. Yeah, TCU loses out. Which I think is I fair. No, I don't think TCU loses out. I think I think you could have a scenario where Georgia gets booted. Where I think I think you could yeah, de- definitely. I think they love Georgia. I I see what you're saying, though. I do see what you're saying. Like, logistically, you think the best team gets beat down. They end up with one loss from this LSU team that's shown up, wins, wins the SEC championship. Georgia gets a loss, but Michigan and Ohio State play classic Big Ten football game that's decided by two points. Yeah, I, I, I and then, know. And then one wins the Big Ten. So one stays undefeated. Yeah. So, like, yeah, if we like just put that scenario, one of them goes to number one because TCU. Mm-hmm. I don't think, even though they beat the number one team, I don't know if you could rank them pure number one because they're they have losses. You mean LSU? L- oh yeah, LSU, LSU, LSU has two losses. So I don't think you can make them a pure number one seed because they have losses. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, so yeah, so have- the undefeated Big Ten team would take number one. LSU so let's would be number two. You have an undefeated Big Ten team, and you have TCU. Let's say they both go undefeated. Yeah, yeah. they're one and two. Okay. Then LSU beats Georgia. Yeah. Then you LSU has to jump Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Because they're so close already, especially if they went out the season. Yeah. So that leaves one more spot, and if you have a Big Ten team that's one loss. Yeah. That's really good, still. And their only and loss is to the undefeated Big Ten team. Exactly. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. All of a sudden, they make it an eighteen playoff <laughs> because they they don't the committee doesn't know what to do because they're like, oh, this makes sense, but we need to Georgia or Alabama have to make it. Man, it, it probably won't happen because every year it never ends up happening like the most interesting way. I mean, Cincinnati got in last year, so. But, yeah, but that's because I think that's because we rioted. Yeah, we were gonna burn the SEC to the ground. I just wish I only last year. I just wish they would have seeded it better because they, they fucking seeded it on purpose that way. 
that Alabama was fucking four and Georgia was one. Just mm-hmm. so Cincinnati and Michigan had to play, or had to play, or no, Alabama was three, so they would have to play the teams so they would meet in the final. Yeah. Because I really wish Michigan yeah. and Cincinnati would have played each other, so at least one of them would have made the final. And I think, I, I don't think they would have got blown out. Like, I know both games were blowouts, but I think if they would have played each other and had a game under the belt, they would have mm-hmm. walked into the final better, whoever would have won that match. I agree. And I think it would have been a really good game. And then Georgia-Alabama would have been a good game against each other. And then for the final, it would have been two teams coming off wins, better prepared, calmer, especially for the Cincinnati-Michigan guys who have never been in that situation before compared to the Georgia-Alabama guys who Mm -hmm. are consecutively in the situation the last few years. Um, You know, even including the SEC championship game because that crowd's fucking wild. You know, oh, uh, but yeah, man, that's that's cool. I like that scenario. It it really could come to life. I mean, I hope it happens now. I hope that's exactly how it plays out. But I feel like if it does happen, then man, I feel like they would play some numbers that would force TCU. Even if TCU stayed undefeated, they would lose out. I don't think they can. I don't think you can't for you can't force out a a a, a nine and zero or um, an undefeated team that is from a power five school. I just don't yeah. think you no, can do that. I don't. I was waiting for you to say power five because I would be like cough cough national champions UCF twenty sixteen <laughs> undefeated represent fucking Frost final year before he took the stupid Nebraska job. I mean that would be really interesting. See, and this is that's exactly why I don't. That's why one of the reasons why Michigan and Ohio State should not be in the same uh, freaking um, yeah side of the thing because then they would they they could play a game and only one of them would have one loss. Most likely because they would just play the championship to each other. It's it's just instead of both having a loss. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's it's lame. Man, I'm just thinking if there's 18 playoff right now, you'd have Georgia play USC, Ohio State play LSU. It would be so much better. Michigan play Oregon, and then TCU play Tennessee. Damn, I'd pay for all those games. And Oregon's another team. I mean, well, that's the thing too. If Oregon wins out, like their only loss is Georgia, but that means they only lost against the best team in the league. First game of the season, you know, you're still filling things out. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> dude. This is like typical Oregon. Hold on, I'm gonna read these scores off real quick. Forty-nine to three. That's the first loss of the season, right? It was bad. Yeah, that was. See that the with the loss being that bad, that's what sucks for them. But then they made up for it next week. Seventy fourteen. That diff's gone. <laughs> then. Then 41-20, 44-41 against Washington State. That game was crazy. 45-27, 49-22, 45-30, 42-24, 49-10. Like, they're playing great football. They are? It's just that that lost it. But like I said, that diff's gone. They erased that shit against Eastern Washington University. So they've been positive since then. They got to play a number 25 Washington coming up, a number 13 Utah, and then the rivalry game. Yeah, I mean, if they beat Washington and Utah, I mean, that's 
Those are quality wins. Man, it's tough. I mean, I guess it just comes down to these final like losses that these teams will get. Like, if they end up being bad, if they end up being good, or you know, they get they close out the season good, and then they play these championship games, and whatever happens there, because we know that's what happened to Utah in one year. They decided to suck in the championship game for the Pac-12 and cost them their playoff spot. Yep. But uh, man, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the big with the Big Twelve. It just ends up being the number one versus the number two team, right? Yeah. So then, most likely, TCU. So you could actually have it. TCU will probably end up playing Baylor or Texas then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe Kansas State. How if things work out in a certain way? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they didn't start losing because they still have to play Baylor and Texas. So if they beat both those teams, then that's another loss for both of them. Yeah, but I'm still pretty sure they do play a championship game. It's just the first and second. Yeah. Oh, team. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, because that's what Conference USA does. I'm just scrolling through the standings right now. Yeah, because even Pac-12 is one and two. They don't have split division. So yeah, I'm not crazy. Yeah, man, oh, crazy, crazy shit. Or some stupid shit's going to happen. Like, IU plays Ohio State this weekend. Watch that shit happen. Please, no. I, well, well, that's what I thought when Penn State was playing Ohio State, you know, two weekends ago. I was like, God damn it, here it comes. Here it comes. And then Northwestern was, you know, this game wasn't going well for Ohio State. And I was like, son of a bitch, it's going to happen today. Because it just, I will, I, I will never not state this enough. The Big Ten will fuck themselves out of the Final Four every year. We we find a way to. That's how much we hate each other, which is fine. But like, it happens. All right, I'm back. I'm back. I went to a dark place. A dark place, but. We'll see what happens. I mean, fuck, even Nebraska can upset Michigan this weekend if it came down to it. Speaking of IU, Penix, I forgot where he went, but wherever he was, he was playing good earlier this season. I think it was Kansas State. No, Rod, dude from Nebraska went to Kansas State. He was watching. I don't know, he went somewhere and he was playing good. IU kind of missed out letting him go, I think. God, I hate that, like, we're talking about players like they're free agents now with how many players transfer and stuff. Yeah, well, get used to it. It's the way of the, the, way of the present and the future. Right. I mean, now you, like, literally can sign guys. You might as well start. I can't wait till college to start trading players. We'll give you more money for your science department for that wide receiver <laughs> deal. That's going to have to be where the – that's going to have to be the line that's drawn – but they'll hide it as an NIL package for the guy. <laughs> or start having like insider college trade in with NIL money. Um, is there anything you want to talk about? Um, I guess just uh, I'm. Well, I guess I had one question. Yeah. 
Um, I lost my train of thought. Um, I don't know. It's just the college football thing is just, it's so fun to talk about and, and stuff that, but nothing usually ever goes the way we want it to. No, no, but Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember what I was going to say. And, it goes back to the uh, the playoff, and Austin said it, um, which I found it very profound. It was that the playoff is essentially an invitational because there are no metrics that we can look at to say this team belongs in it because of this reason. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Actually, there, there there is a metric. We just all don't know what it is. Yeah. Because it's an algorithm somebody wrote somewhere. And we all know how well algorithms are. Yeah. Like, it exists on some dude's laptop in that committee room, and we need to get our hands on it. So, so I guess this would go to with my question, and it's kind of a question comment, is, in your opinion, do you think... I my personal belief is wins should be the most important and first metric always. An undefeated team should always be ranked or should always get in no matter what. If they are as, unless there's more undefeated teams than there are spots, which usually which usually never happens. Yeah. Uh, yes, I say yes. Wins are more important. Like if you're undefeated, you're undefeated. So like let's say right now Liberty ended up beating Wake Forest by two points and they were nine and zero right now. Should they be in the top four or top five actually since go, go ahead. Like I to me, they're all division one football, right? Like we let division one basketball players play each other every year. Mm-hmm. If you win your tournament, you get a spot. Does it always work out? No. And people will say, well that's because it's basketball, it's easier to play one game at a you know, whatever city's hosting it and play a basketball game, 30,000 people show up or less, <laughs> according to the schools. And that's it, right? You're not filling a football stadium up. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's money in analytics, money involved, great, great amounts of money involved. <sighs> do I, do I think Liberty D1 should move all the way up to top five? Undefeated. Dude, did I think UCF should have went up there? Yes. You know, like I did. Liberty, I don't know. I don't even know. Who the hell's in Liberty's? What conference are they in? They are in, they're independent. No, I hate independence, so no. <laughs> I have the same belief with Notre Dame. They shouldn't even be in it because they're independent. Um, If they were in a conference, I'd agree to it more. I don't. I just don't like the whole idea of independent. What do you mean, fuck you mean you're independent? Like, there's a 1,001 conferences. You can't join one of them. They're independent. Yeah. They're liberty, man. They're freedom. It's, they're, they're freedom footballified. Okay? Oh, I think even, uh, not University of Phoenix. What's the other one? Uh, not Grand Valley State because that's in Michigan. What's the other? What's the purple school in, uh, pro, for profit in Phoenix? Uh, Education Connection? Nah. Nah, they got a good team though with their D three. Um, 
Oh my God! Whatever per profit school it is, they actually have a basketball team. They made the tournament. Purple Mackey? No, no, Purple Mackey, Purple Mackey, Purple Mackey. They made it. They actually made the tournament or close to it the one year. So they they they're a for profit school and they're in a basketball team, but they were able to make the the show or played a game for the show. I can't remember. Is either they either played a championship game or they made it. But no, oh no, they made it because yeah, they made it at the indie tournament because they played I think at the Coliseum at the State Fairgrounds. So yeah, like if they can be in a turn conference, you can be in a conference. They're just a for profit school. Like, come on. Okay. Now. Okay, I'll use another example. No, 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 no. Um, but no, do I think? See, like that's the hard part because like Tulane, Tulane right now is eight and one. Yeah. Oh, dude, yes, I, I'm all. T- I'm pro. Oh, Coastal Carolina, I think, has got one loss too. Or do they have two losses? Maybe they have more than that. But no, you're right. Tulane has one loss. Yeah, I think I think this is when the power conference talk because like we know better in our heads. Like we know the talents more on these other schools, right? Mm-hmm. But do I think like they deserve to be top ten because they're undefeated? Why not? They're undefeated. Um and if they're whooping, because we know we know all these smaller conferences, there's one school that's really good. Yeah, and if Tulane's that one school and they're beating teams by thirty points, uh, actually, I think Tulane plays like Coastal Carolina this weekend or something like that. Um, or they play UCF somebody. Um, I think that matters. Like, I think that's the way I look at it. There, like, if they're the best of the best, throw them up against there. Like, those always end up being good bowl games. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, UCF beat Auburn to be undefeated. Well, well, and it's like people seem to forget that beef be, you know, it wasn't too long ago that TCU was not in the the uh, the Big Twelve, yeah, and they they ended up going to the Rose Bowl and beat a Power Five Big Ten Wisconsin Russell Wilson led football team. Yeah, I don't like. I wouldn't put them top four, but like, yeah, if they're undefeated, like, how can you not? Put them above teams. Why are why are their eight to one teams not up there with those teams? Especially if they're scoring points, because like you said, with the algorithm and you talking about wins, like yeah, if they're scoring points, like these, there's no way these teams are winning by three points a game. Yeah, to be eight and one, right? Like you played that many close games. I don't. I don't care what anyone says. The ultimate metric is wins and losses. Yeah, like I would. To me, if I look at the pitcher perfect like board. It goes nine zero nine zero nine zero eight one eight one eight one eight one seven two, yeah, seven three because of wins losses. Because there's nothing that says a good football game won't be put on, and if they play each other and it's a shit show, well, guess what? That's what happens. It happens in the NFL. People pay hundreds of dollars for ticket prices to go watch the Raiders get whooped. Yes, you know. The A's are somehow still an MLB team. They don't even have a roster next season. They have a $0 payroll right now going into the next season. Like, how are they still an MLB team? You know, like, I mean, that's a whole thing that I think, I honestly think USA Baseball should be like soccer. And they should kick out the lowest team and bring in one of these AAA teams that have a super nice ballpark. But that's a different thing to get into. (laughs) <laughs> Unless we want to, because I totally will. But like, if we look at pro sports, that happens in pro sports. So why can't it happen in college? Because even if you've had Michigan versus Tulane, guess what? 
all the Michigan fans are going to show up because it's Michigan. Guess what? All the Tulane fans are going to show up because they're playing Michigan. Like, you're still going to sell tickets. Yeah. You know, that's what happened. Like, last year, did they sell less tickets because Cincinnati was in it? No. All the Cincinnati fans showed up. You sell less Alabama fan tickets? Yeah, probably because they were playing Cincinnati. <laughs> well, they're going to say it's it's football, it's a viewership and TV viewership and all that BS, which, but, you which, know. And well, yeah, and even then, people are still going to turn it on to watch Alabama whoop on a small these team. Are, these are collegiate sports, you know, so I agree that if it's, in my opinion, if it's Division One football, it should all be treated equal. Yeah, which, again, like, I even go to the basketball tournament – why do we let them all in the basketball tournament then? Like, why do we agree there? Every conference gets a seed. At that point, you might as well just let, even though we do let a majority of schools in from the big conferences over the little ones. But you know, why do we do that? If you want, if you want better viewership, then don't let any of the small schools in. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's barbaric, but still, right? Like. You might have more viewership that way by getting bigger schools with more alumni, you know, or that people want to see. But then you don't have the Cinderella story that turns the viewers, which maybe you could have a Cinderella football story. Cinderella doesn't have to be basketball. And that's the thing. I I feel like those Cinderella stories would happen more often if the when if and when well not if but when the playoff is expanded, because it's like if you're that team, you have one shot to like make it or you don't if you start off you know face you know with like 12 teams or 16 teams or whatever ends up being then you know they can build and they can they can win a few and get rolling and you know get the get the hang of it but when it's literally like you either win this one or you're not in the championship well then that's a lot more pressure especially when you have to fucking face um georgia or alabama you know your first your first game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get a game under your belt. Same with like the tournament guys. Like when you get those Cinderella stories going, like they win the first game. Uh, who was it? The Peacocks last year, New Jersey yeah. state or whatever. Like they ended up winning a game and then guess what? They just kept winning games. So a team finally beat them in a close game. <laughs> like they didn't get whooped. It was legitimately close. So like I'm all, I'm all for it. Like, let's just try it. If it ends up being, like, we try all this other stupid shit where they're like, oh, we're going to do this for X amount of years. And then we do it X amount of years, and if it doesn't work, we stop. So why don't we just try it? Because you don't know. Honestly, that's probably when they start fucking with the algorithm, like the Matrix, and they're like, oh, they say this team should make it. No, 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 no. Screw algorithms. Algorithms are only as good as what you build, what you program into the algorithm. It doesn't count all the things you don't program into the algorithm. Yeah, like heart. These teams got heart. Like heart. <laughs> or it's like coaching in general. Like, I mean, like what, what algorithm do you put in like for like coaching, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the... Oh... Uh... Well, I mean, that I guess it even goes what we were talking about with Jeff Saturday, right? Like, how do you know this guy's going to be a good head coach or not? It's like you can have like a really good coaching staff that really, you know, it could be like, okay, for instance, you might have sometimes you just have that one coach that always does really good against another coach and another team. Yeah. Say it. 
Actually, here's a good example of this because I was thinking about this this week. There is some dude on ESPN, Feinbaum or whatever, said like the window for the Saban dynasty is closing. Like he might be done soon, et cetera. I was like, okay, he's been coaching a long time. Like in Alabama, he's deserved every year he's coached. So be it. But then you think about other long-term coaches across all the sports. Calipari is basically going to coach Kentucky forever. Does he deserve it? He's only ever won one championship. He has SEC championships, but he's only ever made it, you know, he has one Kentucky championship. Yeah. So it's like, what, where do you, you know, does he still deserve the job for 20 years later? Or like Coach K, does Coach K's win every decade helped increase his longevity to have his job? You know, because he won in the early 90s, got the mm-hmm. early 2000s, then you have the 2010. Uh, 2014, 15, you know, until now. And then he never won one up until the retirement, but maybe that increased his, but that makes sense because he won championships. So, you know, rather you have these like super good coaches who win championships or you got someone like Mike Vrabel, the team loves the dude. He hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, but like the team absolutely loves him. The city loves him. The fans love him. Well, how long do you keep him there before you say his time's up when he doesn't have a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I, but I mean, that's a little off like where you were going, but I'm just saying like the same thing, like you have the different coaches that all mean different things to these different teams to where if you're throwing that into it, like shit, just cause Saban Saban doesn't mean he's not better than Liberty use guy. Well, yeah. And I'm just, and like, sometimes you just, some and it's like sometimes too like one team's scheme might not do good against a lot of other teams, but then another team it does really good against. Mm-hmm. Like that's not that's something that an algorithm can't take into account until that matchup's been set. Yeah, and, and f- frankly, I still don't know how Clemson was ranked as high as they were all season. That's the thing too. It's like this this algorithm that they're using. It it. it, it there's more questions every week and every season to like how it came up to, to these things, which means to me, it, it's not as, as well fleshed out as it could be. Yeah, for sure. And it should be. For sure. Oh. And then you have a committee of people who aren't held accountable for anything who just pick and choose whoever they want based on an eye test. Yeah. And too. you probably don't even watch the games. Probably not even fans. Probably watch golf. Well, because like someone was using the the one of them said like it was last week um, when TCU wasn't ranked in the top four, and they're like, "Well, TCU had some close games, and blah blah blah," and it's like, but Alabama was ranked top, and they had close games too. They almost lost a few games, and it's like if we're just so if we're just going on point differential, then Michigan and Oregon should be ranked higher because they're whooping teams by a lot of points. Yeah but that's not how you do it. So it's like they pick and choose when they want to use certain criteria. Yeah. Which is stupid. Yeah. It's, uh, you might as well just have fan voting. I mean, obviously you would get all the alumni like fans, but like I would, I would be interested to just see a fan vote just to have it like a poll, just to see what would happen. Cause I know like bleacher report or some of those, Instagram pages and Facebook or whatever have to do them or Twitters just to see what fans say. Cause I, I would be curious. 
just give them eight teams and see who you think the top four should be. And a lot of people, I think, I think honestly that you would get a better turnout that way. Yeah, I mean, at least you know what people want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like you know, like if they don't want to see Alabama anymore, Sylvia, they don't want to see Georgia. If somehow we outvoted the SEC, we we beat the South. That'd be crazy. Um, and then and plus you would force, you know, you get a smaller sample size, so you don't have people being like. Yeah, I think Liberty should be in it. Like, okay, let's shrink it down a little bit. <laughs> These teams, you know, let's not get crazy now. And then you would get a, you know, you would have to pick one of these eight teams. Like Florida fans, you can't vote for Florida. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like you have to pick someone else. Oh. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. That's all we can do at this point. Um,. Underneath God of War Ragnarok comes out tomorrow. Pretty cool. Can't wait. Probably going to be my my life revolving around it for at least a week or two, depending on how much I play nice. per day. <laughs> I'm going to try beating God of War 1. Oh, probably still going to take me like four months, but I'll get there. Um. Yeah, I... It was good. You got anything else? You think of anything um, going on that you want to bring up? I'm trying to think uh, if there, if there was anything big that happened in any other aspect of of life, and the only other thing that I saw is some early reviews of uh, Black Panther started coming out. Mm. They're they're like. Basically, they're saying it's good, not great, is what I've seen so far. Which is where I kind of feel like it should be. I don't think it was going to be great, but... Honestly, they're starting to show more and more shit from the trailers because it's closer to coming out, which I hate. But, like, again, it's just more action scenes, and I'm just like, man, like, that scene don't look good. I'm I'm really noticing those uh, CGI things now. The oh. way they show in the trailer. Like, that's what I'm noticing. Like, because they, they keep showing action scenes. So, guess what? It has a CGI on it. And I'm like, oh, that scene looks good. And then, like, they show something else. Like, there's a scene they showed, like, Neymar jumping off, like, a monorail system in Wakanda. And it mm-hmm. looked sketchy as fuck. Like, I was like, ugh. And I've jumped off a lot of monorails in video games. So, I know what it should look like. And, <laughs> and it just, I was like, ugh, I don't know. I don't, that, that don't look too good. Um,. Do you know if those are fan or critic reviews? Fan. Okay. Basically from bigger websites, bigger you know, mm-hmm. venues. Like a lot of the smaller people I don't think have like re- released reviews of it, um, reviews of it yet. Yeah. So places like your IGN and like your uh you know, bigger news outlets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say, like uh if those are the uh the reviews that we would expect to come with this movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's like when you get reviews from those bigger ones and they say it's good, but you know, not great. It's kind of like, you're kind of like, you really don't know which way it's going to go. Um, other reasons see some videos, like people for the most part, like black Adam, but critics hate it. Well, yeah. So the weebs are, uh, 
Well, that's the thing. It's like if you know that the critics give it rave reviews, it probably sucks. And you know if they give it terrible reviews, it's probably either good or great. Yeah, it's probably an entertaining movie. When they give it like okay to good reviews, you're kind of like, well, I don't know. Yeah, you're like, oh, this movie's going to be boring. Or something not good's going to happen in it. Um. And I, I, like I said, I've read the I've read the Wikipedia on the Black Adam. It sounds like a typical superhero movie. I don't. I'm okay with it. Whatever. Um. I think Black Panther's just the same way at this point. Um. But I do think Black Adam is probably the better superhero movie, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. But then Avatar Two is going to come in and save the day. Don't even get me started on Avatar. Oh, I can't wait till we'll do an Avatar episode. There's a really good uh, YouTuber. Um, His his uh, name is Pilgrim's Pass, and he does a video when he he compares um, Avatar to Princess Mononoke, the anime movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And there's actually a lot of similar. There's some differences. but there's actually a lot of similarities and I suggest watching it because it kind of like reaffirms, first of all, how good Princess Mononoke is and how just mediocre and bad avatars from a storytelling and character standpoint. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, like I know like, you know, last of the Mohicans gets brought up a lot too. Um, I said that right. Right. I don't care, but, um, what else? Technically, there's like a lot of movies that were put in the Avatar. James Cameron just like honestly, let's be honest. Like the CGI is what makes that movie that movie. It's not. It's not the story. Story's been told before. But Princess Mononoke is baller, though. Well, that's the point. Is that it could have been so much better had it told a good story. But he decided to go with like the least common or the most or the common denominator. Yeah, the common, common tropes. Yes. In like the most egregious way possible, too, to where it's just like actually bad. It's not even just like forgettable; it's bad. Yeah, because I think when you think about the movie, like I think of the scenes more than I think of the story. Like the first flight scene, the floating islands, like all the shit that looked good, but like it doesn't actually like it's not really part of the story. Like that didn't move the plot forward at all. It's just a place. With whatever I do, whether it's video games or movies or TV, I always focus on the plot the most. And that's like, for me, the the thing I focus on mm-hmm. is the plot, the story, um, the characters, and then everything else is, um, it comes second to that. Yeah. 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 That's kind of, that's how I kind of feel about it. Like visually, I like watching the movie, but yeah, like plot wise, like. Like, the multiple times I've watched it is, like, the more and more I realize, like, damn, this movie, it looks cool, but, like, kind of just drags. Mm-hmm. Or, like, like for me, like, I'm, I would say I'm kind of, like, both, but, like, Transformers disappointed me because there's not a lot of Transformers in it. Fucking damn it. Dude, what if James Cameron had the Transformers show up? That would be wild. Avatar V trans X Transformers crossover. Optimus Prime just shows up. That's where Optimus Prime goes after the end of Transformers Four, before he comes evil in the last night. Shows up on Pandora. That'd be cool. That's what freaked him out. That's actually how he got turned evil. He's like, "What the and, fuck?" And and Optimus Prime needs Energon 
to uh, sustain himself. So what are you going to do? You're going to be against the uh, Optimus Prime, or you're going to be against the, you know the Pandorians or whatever the fuck they're called. I'm team Opti- I'm team Optimus. So if he wants to go in and start like zapping that planet for resources, go ahead. Or, take all uh, the energy. Or you know what? If if James Cameron is going to take tropes from movies and stuff, Macross, the humans show up with like the SDF one, the Veritech fighters, and we get some like Robotech Macross anime battles, like thousands of missiles shooting at once, blowing up flying monsters. That'd be something. Anything would have been better than what that movie was. Honestly, I. I but I, I digress. Yeah. I hope there's like a soul surfer character in Avatar 2 that's like a surfer with arms missing. Like Bethany Hamilton. <laughs> Hell, it could be Bethany Hamilton. I'd still be down with that. What would be really funny, actually, is if like the the, the guy who became a uh, alien, he had like falls from like his creature or whatever and he ends up breaking <laughs> his legs. What if it ends? And, what if that's how Avatar 2 ends? And those people don't even have like fucking. They haven't even invented the wheel yet, so they, he can't even be in a fucking wheelchair. <laughs> they haven't invented the wheel yet. <laughs> you made the wrong decision, Bucko. <laughs> all these wheels laying around from all the human shit. They're like, we don't understand this thing. What the hell? Oh, if I connect to it with my extra long phallic <laughs> attachment, then I don't know how it works. <laughs> what? Oh my god! I was oh, oh no! Uh, oh my god! What if it ends that way? What if he gets shot in the back and he does get paralyzed again? It'd be like the that'd be a what risk a that twi- I would actually respect. Yes, like what a twist! What a fucking twist that would be! Or he just connects to like one of those animals the rest of his life and just carries him around. That's probably how he becomes tour. Oh, oh man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Then he has to go to a different alien planet, turn into a different kind of alien, and start all over again. Honestly, it would have been kind of baller if they just went to a whole different planet, like just forgot about all those characters and just like a whole different, just a whole different thing. Just the company's the same, kind of like the uh, yeah, Utani Corp from Aliens franchise, just going around fucking shit up wherever they go. Oh man! Oh. Well, that I think we'll wrap it up there. That was pretty good. Some good laughs. We'll see how it goes. We got a long time for that to come out. Like we had two comes out this weekend, so we'll hit that up next week when mass reviews come out. Football games will get played this weekend. We'll get to talk about those next week and see if the playoff rankings remain the same. Um. NFL games would just be more NFL games. See if the Eagles remain undefeated. And, uh, yeah, we, we could maybe get your early reviews on uh, God of War Ragnarok, according to how far you get. Yeah. yeah. So, you made it this far. Thanks, like, subscribe, whatever else, and uh, we'll see you next time.